In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop story. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny... One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Politically Georgia podcast, where we bring you news and analysis from all the latest Georgia shenanigans in Congress and under the Gold Dome. We journalists at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution want to take a minute to thank our subscribers. Because of your support, we were able to make this podcast available to everyone. Our reporting and local journalism is because of subscriber support of our newspaper. If you are not a print or digital newspaper subscriber, join us. Go to AJC.com and sign up today. Thank you and continue to follow our reporting in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and online at AJC.com. And today we're joined by AJC Grizzled Veteran Reporter James Salzer to talk about some of the uh, Republican internal warfare going on ahead of the January 5th runoff. Salzer, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. How was your Thanksgiving? Worked. I worked all, I worked all week. You know, we, we, don't, we don't get any time off with this. No, we don't. I feel like that I actually did get a little bit of time off for Thanksgiving, but, but um, I felt like that was my last break for a little while uh, because this campaign is going to be going on through Christmas, Hanukkah, the new year, everything, because early voting starts in just a few weeks. Yep. And then, and then we have a big six day break and, uh, or five day break before the legislative session starts. So we'll, we'll sleep, we'll sleep in April or something. <laughs> and then another week and a half or so until, uh, until inauguration. Um, so nonstop fun for us. But what I want to talk to you about this morning was the continuing, uh, f- internal friction. I, I think it's fair to call it a civil war. Um, in the Republican Party over Trump's false claims of a rigged election, over basically d- the different factions uh, who are not always, you know, the, the lines are hard to hard to figure out here. But uh, you've got what we know for sure is we've got President Donald Trump sniping con- constantly at both Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger and Governor Brian Kemp, two Republicans he, he endorsed in 2018 over their refusal to back up his, uh, his assertions that the election was, was fraudulent and, and trying to overturn uh, the results somehow, even though, um, <laughs> even though the governor certainly has no power to do that. And the Secretary of State's already certified the vote. And I guess my first question for you is, um, is it surprising to see two, ca- two campaigns who worked so closely together, two candidates who worked so closely together in 18, um, suddenly be at odds with each other. Yeah. The, 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 the interesting thing is, you know, all along, um, I, I gotta think that, 
you know, the governor and the secretary of state, um, you know, they they knew enough about the president to know that he he's kind he's kind of a transactional guy. And so you get an endorsement from, from him when he wants a favor, he expects you to, you know, to to come through for him. And, you know, you you and I were both around and covered the, the 2018 race. Um, his the, the president's viewpoint of of what the situation was in that runoff between Casey Cagle and Brian Kemp and reality, um, are, are, you know, diverge. He, he claims that he, you know, essentially got Kemp, um, got the governor, um, elected. And the way I remember it is, is Kemp was, uh, and you probably remember the same way Kemp was, um, was, was going to win that. Uh, pretty substantially before the endorsement, so I, I don't know. I, I I think that I think they're up against a, a force that's, that's a little bit. It's hard to it's hard to predict, like the coronavirus pandemic. You just you don't expect a uh, president or a group of P, uh, supporters to say, you know what, um, just overturn the election. Um, you know. I, I don't know that I don't know that we in the history of the country have had a situation where we we had a movement to just say, you know what, the votes are relevant. Um, we say there was fraud. We don't really have to prove that there's fraud. We just say that there is fraud. And, and a you know, large segment of the population believes that. And, um, you know, they went to Pennsylvania. You know, he, he met with legislators from Michigan saying, you know, you should just go ahead and vote to change the election. And then he won Michigan by, or excuse me, he lost Michigan by, I believe it was 150,000 votes. So it wasn't even that close. No, we're, we're an alternate reality world here with, with a lot of these claims. I said, if you, if you watch like Newsmax, if you watch, if, you, if you're on a certain, you know, threads on social media, um, there, there, is, there is evidence that Trump won the election. There's buckets of absentee ballots that are coming in trucks. There's... Uh, algorithms on Dominion that 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 switches you know millions of votes. There's all these false assertions, um, and and what we're seeing in Georgia is a real split between um, Republicans who are backing up Donald Trump, and there's many, and not, and not just like rank and file people and like kind of folks like Lynn Wood, but there's elected officials that are that are aligning themselves with Trump. Um, there's other elected officials who are kind of echoing what he's saying, but not going as far as 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 like embracing everything Trump is, is is claiming. And then there are a handful, a small but slowly growing number of Republicans who are saying, get over it, you lost, let's move on for the better of America and the better of Republican Party. And I guess, you know, I guess the, you know, the governor is kind of in the middle of that group because you you think about he used the the Trump uh, party talking points early on by saying, we're going to count legal votes and not illegal votes. And I, the first time I saw that, I was like, so you were secretary of state for, you know, eight years or whatever it was. And you said there was almost no fraud. So what illegal votes have we been counting over the years? It was just suddenly, uh, 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 suddenly the, the Republican secretary of state is counting illegal votes. Um, you know, it, it, I mean, so he was, he was, he's kind of been trying to, you know, he's trying to trying to do a balancing act, it seems like. And he's he has been willing to take, uh, you know, the abuse that he's taking on social media from the 
president, obviously, because, um, you know, a, a, a sizable part of the base believe believes what he's saying, what, what the president is saying. And you notice it on, I mean, you see this too on social media, um, um, the few Republicans who have just at a minimum said, you know, well, I don't really know about the, I don't know if there's evidence, um, you know, we should investigate this stuff, but we should be not be saying, you know, the, the entire system's broken or election system's broken. And then you look at the comments and the comments are getting are I mean, they, they, there are, these are people who are, you know, essentially repeating the same thing the president's saying or that, um, you know, David Schaefer saying or, you know, whoever is saying um, without, you know, they're not linking the evidence or anything like that. They're just repeating the same thing. So um, or they're showing like flawed evidence, you know, what they call as evidence, but, but right. it, there's it's no, not really it's, unsubst- it's baseless. Yeah. It's an affidavit. It's uh, it's, it's some like, you know, a, a private, uh, you know, just an investigator looks at the documents and, and comes up with this conclusion. And suddenly it's, it's enough to overturn a, a friggin' election. Yeah. Somebody, somebody said they saw something that, 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 um, that, or somebody, somebody told them that they saw something um, and therefore, you know, we should throw out the election. Yeah. I kind of see the spectrum. I, I kind of put the, you know, we, we just laid out, like, there's the people who are uh, echoing and amplifying Trump's claims. There's the people sort of in the middle and there's the people, uh, there's the Republicans who are pushing back against them. On on that first category is, you know, Congresswoman-elect Marjorie Taylor Greene, Congressman Jody Heiss, Congressman Barry Lauterbrook, GOP Chair David Schaefer. They're all whole hog kind of going into that line that, that, that right. Trump- Doug Doug Collins, exactly. That the, the Trump won the election, or, or that there's vast voter fraud in Georgia, and that Democrats are and, and complicit Republicans are are covering up. In the middle, I think you're right. Is is Governor Kemp, who has, you know, raised concerns. Um, we're not sure what what exactly those concerns are, but raised yeah. concerns and called for an audit um, uh, of the vote, and you know, called for more investigations, uh, but has not gone as far as, as other Republicans. And I'd almost put Senator Kelly Leffler in that same prism. She's definitely called for Secretary Raffensperger's resignation without any evidence, but she also hasn't said this is a rigged vote and that, and that, um, you know, that Trump should have won. And then on that far right is sort of that far further respect, the, 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 the category of Republicans pushing back is Secretary Raffensperger, who's become a hero to, to many Democrats. Um, and also Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan, um, who went on CNN the last few days and said, "Look, there's no al- there's no evidence of of widespread fraud, and the Republicans need to move on." Yeah, he's he is he, it's kind of been kind of interesting because he's um, you know he's he kind of had to learn uh, that job on the fly when he was elected, and he's been the one kind of in the forefront um, where you might expect the governor to be. Um, on on the whole, uh, you know, uh, question of uh, trusting the election. You know, Kelly Loeffler can't afford to say, also can't afford to say, yeah, all this stuff is rigged because she's got to run um, a runoff. And, you know, she doesn't want to discourage her, her you know, Republican vote. So I, um, I, 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 don't, I, I don't, you know, considering how much she has been um, – Agreeing with everything that everything the president says or does, um, I, I, 
I'm probably would put her in the first category. But yeah, yeah. I mean, she, maybe or maybe in between one and two. Who knows? But uh, and same with <laughs> David Perdue, right? David Perdue's also called for um for yeah. for for uh, Raffensperger to resign. But that's really the root of the issue here, is right? The the wh- yeah. whether or not they actually believe what they're saying. There is a huge concern among Republicans and a, and a very legit one that all this talk about rigged elections, about about preordained results, about about rampant fraud only sends the message to the Republican base that they don't shouldn't even bother. Why 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 spend all this time and energy trying to win elections in January 5th if the if the Democrats or if the or if the yeah. anti-Trumpers already have the the vote settled. And this came really to a head uh to me over the weekend when you had two events right, right around the same time. Kelly Leffler was up with Doug Collins, her former arch rival, and they were uniting. And Doug Collins was giving a very spirited endorsement of of uh, of Kelly Leffler and telling the audience why why Republicans should flock to the polls to back Kelly Leffler and David Perdue in January. And at the same time, the Republican Party chairwoman, the National Republican chairwoman, Ronna McDaniel, was in Cobb County and talking to a, a group of grassroots activists on a Saturday morning, right, a holiday morning. These are not these are not just random passers-by. These are very dedicated Republican uh, uh, folks. And when she started talking about flipping and winning these seats in January 5th, um, several of them raised the question, why bother? (laughs) The the vote's already fixed. Why bother? And she had to say it's not fixed. The outcome is not determined. So she had to very, very vocally push back against Trump's false narrative. Yeah. it's Well, it's and it's like, you know, they – the – and then you've written this a number of times and, and pointed this out that that there that uh, Senator Luffler and Purdue have to say, well, you need to elect us because we, we have to be a counterweight to the Democratic administration. But they're not admitting that there is a Democratic administration. So it's like it's just this, you know, I don't know from I guess from an outsider perspective, it just looks silly. Some of this stuff Um that and the dance the dances have to go on and and then the the other element to this is that we're um, you know in the middle of this very heated obviously run uh, these two runoffs but then you have all the, the you have the, the 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 state leaders who are like you know we have to live after I mean we have to we have to go after this we have to run after this we have to govern the state after this and so. I mean that that's a little bit surprising about the uh, surprising or you know I don't know you could call it surprising call it courageous but that that, that uh, Lieutenant Governor Duncan you know is saying what he's saying because it's almost like the a lot of the other elected officials want to kind of uh, um, be quiet because they're like okay so um what can, who, who, are, you know we're gonna get are we gonna get primaried after this. Um, are, or, or in, and just how are we going to govern the state when we we have spent all this time arguing over uh, that that our uh, election system is rigged? And that's the dilemma. We all know that Secretary Raffensperger, if he if he's going to if he runs again, um, he'll face uh, multiple Republican primary challenges. It looks like at this point from Republicans who say he didn't do enough to, to help Trump or didn't do enough to fight fraud or whatever. But with, the interesting thing to me is of, obviously Governor Kemp. Uh, we all we all figured and we all expect a, a, a Stacey Abrams rematch in the making, uh, but first he's got to get past a Republican primary, and uh, getting on Trump's bad side uh, doesn't help him. And and I think 
there's a, is a quick history lesson to remind our listeners about this is, um, about their relationship because it's, 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 it's been an up and down relationship between, between Governor Kemp and, and President Trump. And you mentioned at the top of the show how, um, it already looked like Kemp was going to beat Lieutenant Governor Casey Cagle in the 2018 Republican primary. Um, there had been a leak of, of very damaging audio recordings of Casey Cagle basically denigrating the Republican base. And so polls had started to show Kemp with a solid, not a huge lead, but a solid lead over Casey Hagel. And then yeah, it was like five, days, 10 points or something. Yeah, right? yeah. It was like, it was, it was enough to, to, to be a very clear victory if, if it had held. But then six days before the, the, the runoff vote, um, Donald Trump gives a very surprised Twitter endorsement that changed the whole ballgame. And it turned what was going to be a, probably a, a, a clear Kemp victory into a rout. I mean, he beat Casey Cagle in all but two counties, if I remember correctly, including Casey Cagle's own uh, native Hall County. So that's how complete Brian Kemp's victory is. And I think that President Trump um, uh, thought that Brian Kemp owed him something more than just, you know, more than just kind words, but something else. And when it came down to it and Donald Trump asked uh, Governor Kemp to appoint Doug Collins to the open Senate seat held by retired Senator John Isaacson, and he picked Kelly Leffler instead. Uh, Trump saw that as a betrayal. Right. Right. And, you know, and he, I mean, he also was obviously he he was uh, making comments about the governor opening the economy too early um, after the, the pandemic shutdown. But he was also he was also I mean, the, the president wasn't like fired up about the economy being shut down in the first place. It wasn't like he was, um, you know, it wasn't like he was, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, Governor Cuomo in New York who wanted to keep it, you know, shut even longer. And, you know, he, so I I never quite understood his criticism of that. Um, But again, you know, I go back to this, like, because he is, he means transactional, but, it's one thing not to appoint a senator. I mean, the person you want to a Senate seat. It's one thing to disagree, have disagreements over when the pandemic, um, you know, should be. I mean, when the economy should be opened up during a pandemic. But I mean, he's asking the governor to flip the election, which is just uh, I don't know. It, to me, it's just a, it's a, a magn. It's like ten magnitude bigger. You know, a bigger issue. I mean, you're you're. It's a huge ask, right? I mean, it's not just huge. It's 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 like my it's like crazy ask. I mean, it's mind boggling. Like, yeah, yeah. I it's agree. like nobody would even. I mean, this is like something that you you would have in a um, you know people talk about the, you know a uh, 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 third world dictatorship or something, but I, I don't even know there if you would, if you would have the guts to do it openly. I mean, it, this it's is, the type of thing that if it was happening behind the scenes and me and you uncovered it, we'd win a Pulitzer for. But it's happening right in front of our eyes on Twitter every single day. And it happened, you know, just just uh, 20 minutes before recording this. Uh, President Trump t- tweeted again his an, an, another attack at at Governor Kemp. I mean, it's happening right before our very eyes. And it's, 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 it's really it, – I mean, Democrats are outraged and they've been outraged by President Trump's conduct for, for you know – since he won the election. So it's not surprised that they're average. Um, the Republican reaction that we've been talking about has just been fascinating to watch in a sense because they're torn. And I think, and I do think 
you know, some of the restraints, and it's not it's not covering up for them, but some of the restraint is is because Republicans are genuinely concerned that President Trump could sink their chances in a uh, in a January runoff. And so the Republicans I've talked to behind the scenes are like, we don't want to say anything that can antagonize him, even if even if we're shocked and and scarred and and, and infuriated by what he's saying. Um, they also know that he could basically take his ball and go home um, and and send a message to his loyal supporters not even to bother. And that would be the, I mean, that's, that's, that's why his visit on Saturday is such a big deal. And he's, we're not exactly sure at the time of this taping, um, whether or not he's going to have one rally in Georgia or two or where he's going to visit. We've heard two, but basically, um, president Trump could, could, you know, he could give the gift to the Senate candidates and say that a vote for me is a vote for you, for them. I, sorry, a vote for them is a vote is like voting for me, or he could speak about his own election grievances and, well, you know he's going to do that. <laughs> yeah, or he could, well, or he could focus the entire time on that, right? And and then and and maybe swipe at Governor Kemp and and Secretary Raffensperger and, and guess what? He will do that, right? and he will do that. Yeah, yeah. And if he spends the whole time doing that, that's the story. Uh, and yeah. it's not it's not Governor, you know, it's not President Trump rallies r- r- runoff candidates ahead of pivotal election. It's it's President Trump came to Georgia and and, and aired false you know false claims of. Of voter fraud and and took a swipe at, at two of Georgia's top Republican leaders. Right, right. Now, I mean, I, I think everybody understands the dynamic that of of these um, of the of the runoff. Um, but again, it just seems like um, you know I, I, it, it will be fascinating to see after that those runoffs are over whether people will speak. In other words, whether all these people who who in the in the Republican leadership, who kind of stayed silent, I wonder if any of any anybody will come out and say, you know, yeah, this was a lot of you know, this was a lot of BS. What you know, what happened in the last couple months? And that's a great question because, uh, as we've reported, and and as as I think all of our listeners realize that Trump is not going to go write his memoirs and, and, and retire quietly to, so, to his golf club in, in South Florida. He is going to remain a force in the Republican Party. And, and that is also a check on any Republicans who might want to speak out against him because he still will probably endorse in primary races in two years. And, and, and getting, he staying on his bad side for Georgia Republicans. Um, look, I would not be shocked if Kemp Raffensperger and even Jeff Duncan face primary challenges um, from from you know people who say he's not sufficiently he wasn't sufficiently. Well, I mean, you know, look at look we we you know I think you've speculated more than once that that you know the chairman of the Republican Party is going to run against or may want to run against Duncan again. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you know, Doug Collins wants probably he's going to run for something. Um, so. Um, I mean, that, that'll be an interesting dynamic in a couple of years to see if, if the, the, um, incumbent that you know, that you've seen, you know, govern the state, um, if, if the party is willing to say, or the base is willing to say, you know, um, we don't really care whether they've been competent or not. Um, you know, we're going to go with. Um, the guy that that or the woman that the former president uh, that you know endorsed. 
Um, it'd be an interesting statement. I mean, it, if see, to see if that happens. Yeah. Well, basically, you're saying that you're not going to ever retire and you're going to stay with us through uh, through the 2040 <laughs> election. Uh, James, oh my word! <laughs> thank you so much for for joining. I'm not going to be show. alive in the 2040. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. Well, thank you so much for joining our show. And uh, yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have all the action and stick stick around too for um, for all of our coverage this weekend of not only President Trump's visit to Georgia and Mike Pence is coming back on Friday, but also the probably the only Senate debate we'll have, which is Sunday at 7 p.m. at the Atlanta Press Club. You can find it not only at GPB and C-SPAN, but also on CNN. Well, that's all for this week's edition of the Politically Georgia podcast. Head to AJC.com forward slash politics to subscribe to Politically Georgia. You'll get access to our daily newsletter, along with all of our stories and updates on all things Georgia politics. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and rate us. It really means a lot to us when you do. And as always, thank you for listening. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, The Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Our journalists at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution are working around the clock to keep you updated on all the developments surrounding the Trump indictment. Now the AJC is putting all of our coverage in one place with our new Trump 19 newsletter. Every Wednesday, you'll have our latest coverage and analysis on this historic case in your inbox. So sign up for free today at AJC.com slash indictment newsletter. That's all one word, AJC.com slash indictment newsletter.